You're listening to Guitars and Granola Bars, episode 14. Thank you so much for joining me here on Guitars and Granola Bars, Music Therapist Talk Motherhood. I'm your host, Rachel Rambach, and this podcast is for music therapists and anyone else balancing a passion-fueled career with being a mom. In this episode, I'm chatting with Brittany Shear. Brittany is a music therapist and mother of two little ones, ages two and eight months. She lives and works in a small community in West Central Ohio, surrounded by rural farms and other very small communities. Brittany became certified as a music therapist in 2008 and has since obtained her master's degree and started a private practice called Living Music LLC right before she found out she was pregnant with her second child. Brittany's practice focuses on medical and mental health settings and she is very excited about the possibilities of music therapy in her small town. Well, Brittany, thank you so much for being on the podcast with me. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to share my story. And I'm really excited to hear it. So let's start with you giving us some background about your career and how you became a music therapist. Well, I've been practicing since 2008, um, and before that, I had heard about music therapy from another girl from my high school that majored in it, and I'd always wanted to do something in healthcare and had always been musical, so that was kind of the perfect fit, and it's funny how, you know, I just researched it online, and I just knew that it would work for me, and that's how I still feel today. Um, so then when I graduated in, um, 2008, I started as a contractor in private practice. Um, and then I did that for a very short time because I was kind of moving around and then I ended up moving back to my hometown where I grew up and found a job in hospice care. And I did that for four years. Um, and within that, I really saw the need for um, more services to be provided in my area, so I decided to start a private practice, and I did that in the fall of 2013, and that's called Living Music, LLC, and so that's been only, only a year and a half. And when you decided to go ahead and start the private practice, did you feel like there was enough um, work for you, or did you have potential contracts that um, were asking for your services already? No, <laughs> no. I was just, I, I just saw the need through my hospice job because people would say, well, can we do this? Or how do you, do you see these types of people? Or do you, you know, what else do you do? And so I knew like the interest was there, but I didn't have anything set in stone. Um, so for the first, like, I guess year, I, I was still working at my hospice job and then trying to build the business. That way I still had an income, you know, and, um, and that kind of worked out. But then I decided to focus on my business full time after my second child was born, um, because I really wanted more of that flexibility. So, okay. So you, started your private practice and this was before you had your first child? No, it was kind of in between. I had my first um, little girl, Anna, 
in January of 2013. What made you decide that that was a good time to have a baby? Well, we didn't really completely decide. We were just, um, we kind of were just like, well, let's see what happens. And within like a week, we got pregnant. So (laughs) we were kind of like, all right, let's just it were we want to have children someday so let's just see and and it happened very quickly so i guess we kind of planned but we didn't plan for that fast right um but it was pretty quick because we got married in january of 2012 and so then we got pregnant that april so we hadn't we'd only been married for whatever 4 months um so we just went for it okay i gotcha and what was it like working during your pregnancy Um, I drove a lot and I, um, so that was a little bit difficult when you, when I got bigger, but otherwise I, I was, I always had a lot of energy and I felt pretty good. I did only work part-time, which I think was helpful because I had two days off a week where I could, you know, just do whatever I needed or rest and things like that. So, um, working as I was pregnant, wasn't that bad. And then with my second one, it was the same. I worked part-time. And so, you know, it really, the same kind of pregnancy. I, I, I never had any issues being pregnant. I had really good pregnancies, so everything was fine working. That's so nice. You were so lucky to not have any sickness (laughs) and that extreme um, exhaustion that so many of us suffer from. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I, yeah, I think it did help being part-time though, because I, I was able to rest and, you know, um, not have to, and and at that time too, I was working like an employee, so I didn't have, um, you know, I could go to work and come home, and that was it. So right, right. So did you have um a maternity leave, um like a an official maternity leave from your job when your first child was born? Yes, I took twelve weeks. So, um, I I really felt like that was important for me. Um, I was. I had um, nursing goals, so that was important to be home to nurse. And then um, I really wanted the time to rest and just get to know my baby. And I figure, you know, we work our whole lives. And if I can take 12 weeks, this is a good time to do it. (laughs) So that was important to me. Yeah, I think that's a great way to look at it. And I know that's something that is always challenging for me, especially as a business owner to step away from my business for that amount of time. And that's that's the amount of time that I took off with my first maternity leave. But I think that just having that thought in the back of my head, like this is only going to happen, you know, at least a couple times in your life. So this is the time to take advantage of it and just really enjoy that time that you have with your baby. Yeah. The second one was a little different because I – I um, actually resigned from my hospice position for my second maternity leave. And so that one was a little different because I knew like I wasn't going back. I wasn't going to have the income and I was working on building my practice during that maternity leave. So um, I think that one was a little bit more stressful just because I knew like I had to be doing something to keep things going. So yeah, it's definitely hard when you're a business owner and trying to do everything and, um, still want that time with your baby. But I still, I feel like I still had it. And then it was nice cause it wasn't 12 weeks. It was really like six months until I really started 
leaving her for a day, you know, and um, working. So yeah, it was, it's nice when everything's, you know, so online and you can do a lot of stuff from home while they're sleeping and and things like that too. Yeah. How did you, how did you manage to balance that time with her and giving her all the attention that she needed as well as getting those business things done? Was it mostly just kind of fitting things in during nap time or? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nap times. And then it was hard because I had my toddler. They're well, and I was going to say, yeah, because you, you also had a toddler, which that's sort of what I'm preparing yeah. for. And I'm so that's why right. I'm curious. How did you make that work? Please inform me. I know. Yeah. Um, it, you got to get creative, I guess. I, Anna was like 18 months when Josie was born. So um, she is still kind of needy, but she was get, just getting to that like independent stage where she would want to be by herself playing and kind of making up little games or whatever. So I did, I did do a lot during nap time. And then I'm pretty lucky that both my kids go to sleep really early. So pretty much the whole evening I really had to myself. Anna, like at that point, um, she went to bed at like 6.30 or 7.00. And Josie went to bed around seven thirty or eight, so um, I really had most of the evening. And then as they keep growing, they really both go to bed um, between seven seven thirty now. So it's really nice because I do have the evenings. So during that maternity leave, I I use the evenings. I use nap time, and I had a lot of help. We were actually living with my mother in law because we bought a house and we're remodeling. So I had a lot of help from her as well. Um, she would play with Anna and do things like that. And I had, you know, more time to, to do whatever I needed to do. Nice. That definitely comes in handy. Yes. So I what, take any help I can. Yeah, exactly. And that's, thing. that is something that I like to tell new moms because, you know, you want to try to do everything yourself and be the super mom, especially if you're also a working mom and it's just not possible, especially with a baby and with mm-hmm. multiple children, it just doesn't work. So take that help if you have it available to you. Yes. So yes. You, it, it's not always easy. So no, it's, it's not. It's just a good thing to get used to doing, exactly. used to asking for it. Exactly. So you mentioned that it was really six months after Josie was born that you went back to work or that you were leaving her. So was is that the point at which you were starting to see clients through your private practice? Yeah, I was seeing some, but that's that's the point where I was like doing more work where I would leave her and then spend some time alone to, you know, do other things like websites and, you know, all the other things that come along with the business. Um, and, and I should mention too, since I started my practice in the fall of 2013, I really didn't have a big, um, clientele basis. So, um, still, still was pretty small. So I really didn't have that much, um, like, uh, work, um, actual client work to do a week. So that was nice too. I could grow it slowly. Um, but then, you know, as I've been having the time away from them, I've been able to grow it too. So it's kind of like, it's been nice because it's kind of like growing up with um, the changes of the kids that they need. So like they're getting more independent. So now my business is growing. I can be away from them a little bit more. So it's kind of working out really smoothly, I feel like. Yeah, that's a really nice situation to be in. 
So did you feel after you went into private practice and had your second child that you were starting to evolve as a music therapist, having left your hospice job and just sort of taken on all of these new challenges? Yeah. um, So I just really felt like, I don't know, I felt stronger. I felt like I knew, kind of knew what I was doing more with, with all the training I had. So working in my hospice job for four years and, um, I just really felt like I was ready to be on my own and, and I had the, the knowledge and expertise to do that. Um, and then also for my master's program, I finished that right before I had my first child. So that in combination with the, the long-term job in hospice, I really felt like I was ready to go on my own. And then having kids too, I just felt, I don't know, like I was more dedicated to different time managing strategies and more nurturing. And I just really wanted to help more people. And I don't know if that's, I know that's something I've always wanted to do, but if it's really sparked after I had kids, because, you know, you want to help these little ones so much. And I was just like, I want to help more and more people. And, and so I really just evolved that way. I think too, like I, I feel like I have more empathy for people after having kids. And um, I just feel like a, a new awareness of, of seeing how music therapy can work in the, in the community I'm in. I don't know if that really makes sense, but I just feel like a deeper connection. Yeah. And I think that's partly having kids because, you know, they're, you grow them and they're in you and this deep connection. But I don't know if it's just transferred, but I just have a new, like, almost like uh, a new eye for things too. So definitely more in tune with myself and what I want to do in my business. I hear that from almost every podcast guest that I interview. And I know the same has been true for for me as well. So I do think it's one of those mom things where it just kind of kicks in. Even if it was there, you know, it has to be there to a certain extent for us to be Mm -hmm. successful as music therapists. But I feel like it intensifies once you add that other facet to to your life. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's re- it's really interesting cuz it's just like this whole new part of you. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's very true. Hard to explain. Right. Yeah. And even if you are working with clients other than children, it's still that that empathy gene, I don't know, just kind of multiplies. Yeah. So yeah. you you mentioned that your community where you live is pretty small and um, a little bit more on the rural side. Is that right? Yes. So how did you go yes. about um, finding new clients and finding new contracts? Well, um, it's nice because I live in this really small community, but everyone is very in tune with kind of new things and really open. So, um, and, and it's nice because like literally everyone knows everyone. So people know me, they know my parents, they know my grandparents, they know that I played violin in high school, like people just know me. So I already have that, um, trust from a lot of people or just that, you know, 
people, people understand me and what I do and they know where I come from. So that has been helpful because, um, a lot of people, when I call them, they'll be like, Oh yeah, I know your grandma or I know your aunt or whatever. And so, um, that's been helpful just to have that connection because, you know, just getting contracts and getting clients connection is so important. Um, and to have that trust because once that trust is there, it's really easy to, to be able to help someone else. So that's been a huge help for me. But then also I think, um, there's, there's a genuine, um, need for supportive services in our area. So people are really excited about music therapy and what it has to offer. Um, and then also working in hospice, I worked in our communities too. So we've had that awareness and advocating and education for quite some time because that job has been there. So people know about it and, um, that's been helpful for me getting contracts as well. So it sounds like you really had the perfect situation going into private practice, which I'm sure weighed heavily on your decision to do that. Um, so that's yeah. that's so nice. Um, so even though you did do have a lot of um, factors on your side, I'm sure there are some challenges that come with owning a business and growing a business while you raise two daughters. So what are some of those challenges for you? Yeah, well, I think, and a lot of people have said this too, but it's the balance and um, time managing still, um, because I really want to be, like, I want to be a part-time stay-at-home mom, but as a business owner, I'm really finding that doesn't always work, because mm-hmm. <laughs> business doesn't really stop, obviously, but um so the challenges are really balancing. I've had to really focus on, okay, when I'm with my kids, I'm with my kids. When I'm working, I'm working and trying not to combine the two unless I really, really have to. Um, and, but I still, I always have guilt. Like guilt is my nemesis. Like it's always there. You know, even today, my little one just started crying when I leave her at the sitter and I'm like, Mm. Oh, you know, your heart like rips out and you're like, so sorry. (laughs) But you know, um, so finding that guilt, but I, I know that my kids are in a good place and they're happy. And so that helps, but you know, you still kind of feel, feel really bad. Um, and I think, just more challenges have been just being able to follow up and keep going with the business because sometimes life happens. And like last week or two weeks ago, we had sickness. So my husband and I are like both trying to work from home, like take turns being home. Like I would leave for a couple hours if I had to, and then he would go. And that's been really, that was a challenge. That was the first time that I was like, oh, I can't just take a sick day and, you know, things just wait for me, you know? So um, I would just continue to say the balance is the challenge. Yeah, it it really is. And we've actually been battling that at our house this week where um, I've been sick for weeks now and my son has been sick off and on. So obviously he can't go to daycare when he's sick. And yeah. so it's like, well, yes, I am working from home a lot of the time that he is in daycare, but I still need to do that work. It's not like I can just, you know, sit on the couch with him and, um, as much as I would absolutely love to, it's just one of those things where as a business owner and even as a work at home mom for part of the time, 
you still have those things on your plate that need to get done. So it's, it's a tricky balance. And like so many others on the podcast have said, really, there is no balance. It's kind of like you just have to navigate each challenge as it comes and find what works for you in that moment. Yep. Just make it work. <clears throat> yep, exactly. Make I know work. that. Yep. I know that week we had a lot of um, Lori Berkner on YouTube. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was like, all right, just lay on the couch and watch this Lori Berkner music. Yes. You know? <laughs> They're happy for at least, you know, like 20 minutes and I can do something. But it was kind of interesting. So luckily my husband can kind of get away too if he, you know, we can sort of juggle and um we and then from our small town we have both of our parents really close so they can help so I'm pretty lucky with with what I have yeah yeah I'm I'm in the same boat both my in-laws and my parents actually live in the same neighborhood that we do and oh funny it's I know it's great um and my mother-in-law's she's a teacher and her school's on spring break this week so she's been able to to take yeah. over <laughs> childcare while Parker's been sick, which has yeah. been literally a godsend because we're leaving on vacation tomorrow. And so I'm already kind of swamped as it is, but, um, yeah. yeah. So definitely having that support system in place, I feel like makes a world of difference, even if it's not family, even if it's friends or, um, mm-hmm. you know, other people that you can count on to kind of step in and, and help you out mm-hmm. when that help is needed. Definitely. It's needed. Yeah. So what are some of the most fulfilling aspects of being a working mom and a business owner? Um, well, you know, it's funny because I was telling my husband a couple months ago, I was like, you know, I just feel like the happiest I've ever felt in my life. (laughs) So I really feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm really excited about having my kids and, and excited about having the business. Um, and I think the, I think the thing of it is, is like my identity is being fulfilled. So like I have this huge identity of being a music therapist, like I'm not just practicing, like it's who I am. Like, I really feel like that's who I am and what I'm supposed to do. But then that's also how I am as a mom, which is funny. Cause I was always kind of like, well, I might have kids. I don't know. I might not. And so like after I, you know, now that I have them, I'm like, yes, like I have to be a mom. Like this is really important to me and I really feel like it's what I'm supposed to do. So that whole identity thing is really fulfilling. Like I feel um, it's just where, where I need to be. And then it's really helpful me helpful for me to have both, you know, so I have my separate times um, and am able and I'm able to do that. Um, I always tell my husband, like, I'm not retiring because I just can't imagine, like, not being a music therapist and not working. I just can't imagine it. And so it's funny because he's, like, working really hard to retire early. And I'm like, well, that's okay. I'll just keep working and we'll still have income. We'll be good. That's (laughs) right. It's funny. That is funny. I think that's so common, though, amongst music therapists because it's so much – more different than than a job where you go, you work your nine to five, and then you come home. Um, For -hmm. instance, my husband sells insurance. And while he loves his job, and he is amazing at it, it's one of those things where he does his work, he comes home, and he can sit on the couch the rest of the night and just chill. And I'm always doing something. And he's like, stop Mm -hmm. working, stop working. But 
You know, he yeah. doesn't quite get that this for me doesn't feel like work. It feels like fulfilling a part of myself and yeah. um it's just yeah, it's part of our identities like you said. Yeah. And yeah. I I have to laugh when you say that um that being a mom for you was never something that was like at the core of your being because I was the exact same way and I had no interest honestly in having children until okay. I was about 29 <laughs> even up until okay. until then I was like oh you know someday 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 because I was so into my career and I was so into my business and oh. it was just like the forefront uh, at the forefront of my life and um so if you would have told me even 2 years ago before my son was born that one day I would be hosting a podcast about motherhood. <laughs> I would have, have, yeah, I would have completely just laughed in your face, but here I am. Yeah. So, um, so it's encouraging to hear others say that and know that I'm not yeah. the only one that has always had, right. that hasn't always had that desire. Right, exactly. Well, and you know, people just, I think people always assume people want children and it's not something everybody wants and it's not something that people are always sure about. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it just, it worked out for me. So <laughs> yeah, worked out for both of us. It sounds like, yeah. Yeah. So we talk about all of the, um, ways that self-care helps us as music therapists, because obviously we can't care for others when we're not caring for ourselves. So what are mm -hmm. some of the ways that you implement self-care practices in your life? Well, I, um, it, I go through stages <laughs> but of really good self-care and then only so-so. Um, but I, I definitely have to take care of myself because I just, I do have a tendency for anxiety and depression. So I really, it has to be on my forefront. Um, sleep is like a huge thing for me, which is not always something I can control right now. Um, but so I try to sleep as much as I can. And if that means going to bed at like 830, I have to like, I just really need to sleep. But I do a lot of regular body care. So chiropractic and massage and supplementation and things like that. And then I also do a lot of um, mind, I call it my mind care. Um, I check in with my therapist every once in a while. And I do, you know, just some, especially right before I go to sleep every night, like just laying there, I do some visualizations and breathing exercises to really help turn my mind off because I have to do that. And that was something I learned a lot in um, hospice care because I had to turn my mind off because some of that work is really difficult. Um, so that took some time. And um, that's something that stuck with me that's really beneficial. So yeah, that's kind of what I do. And I try to, I'm not very good at exercising, but <laughs> I try to do stuff like that, walking, especially when it's nice, you know, so. Nice. Well, I feel like you threw out a lot of really good ideas for other music therapists that are looking for ways to um, make self-care an important part of their lives. And I know that for me, that's something that I'm always trying to do more of, especially now being pregnant and knowing that I'm going to have even less time for self-care in about a month and a half here. So, um, right. yeah, I, I think that those are some really great ways to, um, to take care of yourself. So what advice do you have for other music therapists who are 
either thinking about having kids or thinking about having another child or starting a business? Well, um, I don't know. Something that I really felt like in my whole experience was like, there's not really a good time for any of it. So just do it. (laughs) Just make it happen. Um, because I, 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 um, had Anna and then I started my practice nine months later. Then I had Josie nine months later. So it was really like a lot of stuff going on, but I was like really debating and I'm like, is this okay? And I'm like, well, there's never really a good time. Um, but then also kind of really notice and analyze your support systems because I have a lot of support systems. I live really, like I said, I live really close to my families and, um, So I have a lot of help and I'm pretty good at asking for it. Um, And I felt, I really found like I I adjusted well with, you know, that support and that help. So um, I think it's something that, you know, everyone can kind of look inside and and find out what's, what's the best for them and what's good for them Um, and seeking maybe, maybe some supervision or some other talking to other moms about what, what's helpful for them. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's good advice. But no, I think that's great advice and, and that you're absolutely right that there is never the perfect time to either have a baby or start a business. It's one of those yeah. things where you just yeah. have to jump with both feet and kind of make it work as you go. Are there, right. have there been any lessons that you've learned or things that you would do differently if you had the opportunity to go back and change things? Oh, I don't know. I I don't think so. That's kind of a hard question because I feel like everything that, that happens in your life sort of leads you on the path to the next thing. So I feel like there really aren't any mistakes. It's just sort of like you learn from it and then you move on. Right. And you move on. Mm -hmm. And I tend to do well when like I'm really busy. So like I just always laugh at myself, like, why am I doing this all at once? And like, even just my husband and I, like we, we've actually only been together since like we met in December of 2009. So within the last, whatever that is, five years, we've gotten married, had two kids, bought a house, remodeled a farmhouse. Like we're, it's just, it started a business and it's like, what are we doing in five years? (laughs) It's crazy, crazy, but um, it works. And I just tend to be better when I'm really busy and things are Oh, and I got my master's in that time too. So yeah, it's that's like, a lot. I just, I just, yeah, I just, I guess work well that way. Cause then I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel always like I read I, something the other day. They're like, if you want something done, ask a busy mom or something or ask a, you yes. know, working busy mom yeah. to do it because like she'll find the way to do it. <laughs> right. Especially music therapist moms, because I feel like yeah. it has to be that, that sort of like type A, we have to do everything is something that yeah. so many of us music therapists share. So I don't know. Yeah. There's something to that. Right. Like a control thing. I don't know. Yes. But <laughs> Well, do you have any favorite products or books or resources that are related to either motherhood or music therapy that have been essentials for you? I will say something that's really helped. And then this is kind of goes along with my self-care with my visualizations. When I had my second child, I did um, the Mongan method um, hypnobirthing. And so that has really helped me like ongoing. Um, So if you're 
if any people are, you know, thinking about having kids and really want uh, effective um, pain control management system for having children, the hypnobirthing was amazing. Um, I, I didn't do it with Anna, but I did it with Josie and the birth was just so much different. And both were, I had really great birthing experiences both times, but, um, the hypnobirthing has really been helpful for, um, keeping my breathing and keeping my anxiety in check. And I just loved it. So I just want to, you know, I always like to, to share that. Um, and then right now I'm like getting to this toddler, well, I'm in the toddler stage. <laughs> and so I'm reading this book called The Mindful Child. And it's um, like how to help um, the, to help your children manage stress. And it's more about mindful awareness and breathing. And so it's just, I just find it really interesting because like I've been noticing with Anna, she has this urge to, you know, she's angry, she's frustrated. She has this urge to hit or yell or scream. And I feel like that's really normal, obviously. And I want her to be able to express those emotions. So I'm just trying to find ways to like teach her how to do it, um, you know, more socially appropriate and effectively. So this book has been helpful. Um, and then for me, I really like this book called The Resilient Practitioner. It's something I started reading um, in my master's program. I did my thesis on self-care. And um, it, it's just a nice book because it talks about just sustaining your professional self and sustaining your personal self and gives you activities and ideas and um theories on how to how to manage the the life of a practitioner so I really enjoy that too nice I love all of those resources that you mentioned I mean I don't have experience with them but I love that you mentioned them because I feel like they're all resources that I could use in my life right now um (laughs) yeah I've heard so many good things about hypnobirthing and I don't have experience with it I did have a a doula for my first birth and I'm planning on it for the second one, but I didn't, I didn't do any reading beforehand about hypnobirthing. So that's something that I think I'll check out myself. So thank you for mentioning that. It's, it was so awesome. It was just like the best experience ever. Like I just want to keep having babies because I loved it. (laughs) Wow. That's a good endorsement for that. Yeah, I'm like, I had the best labor. Like, I really had no pain, and it was just awesome, and I don't know. Wow. It was great. And, my, and with Anna, too, I didn't do hypnobirthing, but I did a lot of my music, just from music therapy knowledge of using music and breathing, and yeah. um, that labor was long, but it was it was okay. Not much pain with that one either, but anyway. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that, and I'll definitely no have problem. to check out those other books as well. Well, thank you so much, Brittany, for being on the show. I feel like you have a lot of valuable experience to share with the rest of us, and I really enjoy talking with you. Yes, thank you so much. I had a good time, and um, I'm excited to keep hearing more about other moms and music therapists. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to send Brittany a message, you can contact her via email Brittany at livingmusicllc.com. Would you like to be a guest on the show? Let me know. Get in touch and find the show notes for this episode at guitarsandgranolabars.com. And if you feel so inclined, please leave a review on iTunes. I'll talk to you again next week.